hard because it's the tallest. And the middle, right? Or no, four is the middle. Yeah. Is so order is order. bigger than Goblet, right? Or yeah. Go- it's okay. the biggest of the books. Some people say seven's the biggest, but in my on my bookshelf, five is the fattest. Do you have different <clears throat> versions? I think it's actually a higher page count. Huh. And Order of the Phoenix is the best book. And I've always wondered if that's because it's the longest. Because when you read the Harry Potter books, you get to a point usually where you're like, I just want more book. Is that one the one where Snape dies? No. No. Snape doesn't die in any of them. Oh, wait. Snape dies in the last <laughs> what? one. What? Sorry. I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to spoil Snape. anything Dumbledore. for anyone. Dumbledore dies in six. At yeah. the end of six. Um, and this my friend, is five. My, friend was, uh, my friends and I read the books as they were coming out toward the end. Like, I started at four. But, like, as you know, everybody was trying to avoid spoilers. And with books, it's really hard. Like, the book comes out. Everyone finishes it at different times. And my friend had the book... The end of six spoiled for her in an in-flight magazine. Oh wow! Someone put like Dumbledore dies in, in an article yeah, or something. In an article for an airplane magazine. Yeah, I was shocked. Like, I mean, she's a slow reader. Like it took her a couple of months to read joke. it after it came out. But I was like, what? Didn't most people just like get the books, devour them in like a night kind of thing? Yeah, I always read them. I bought them at midnight, and then they were I'd stay up all night until they were finished. That's what I did. I loved them. seven. That was really hard because seven is the darkest book. Right. It is hard to read. Like it's constant peril and sadness. So it was a bad night. <laughs> and the bad like three days after probably. That one I actually bought and read the whole thing in one go after because I Harry Potter was like life for me at that age. Um, Harry Potter oh, yeah. is life, Caleb. Yes, <laughs> that's true. And it's he's like around. how old were you? like when the movies I would have were coming been... out? You were... I got into it in I like third grade. I remember, so it was like I was. I remember that when I started, it, I was literally like turning eleven. I, I hadn't turned eleven yet. I remember that vividly. So I remember turning eleven and being like, "Oh man, I'm crossing my fingers, people who can't see me, and looking excited." There was like a little bit of me. I was like, "Yeah, what if?" Maybe I'm <laughs> like, um, uh, "It's funny that your folks let you read that." Were they not against? Mormons are pretty uh, down pop with culture savvy. Okay, they they don't watch. They're down with magic and nonsense. <laughs> yeah, uh, we ain't no muggles. Um, not we. Um, Mormons are way more savvy. Uh, like when, I think if Harry not... Potter had like a single boob in it, they'd be over it. They'd you be against. Would, it. I would have been able to read it. Yeah, yeah for sure. They are way um, more anti-sex than anti-violence or magic or magic or like anti-magic. Um, what do they call it? Occult stuff. Like they don't seem to really get triggered by that. No. What if wait? What if Mormons are wizards? Maybe Caleb. Like maybe you 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 left just before the age where they tell you all the wizards. If tricks. that's what happens in the temple, <laughs> right? That you get your magic. It's like Hogwarts in there. Oh my god! What if it's not like Hogwarts? They just give you like a like a card trick book. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like a really cheap. Some guy comes in. Are you ready to see <laughs> the secrets? Yeah. Like, he's like. It's like the hate Family Guy, but that's the joke I always think about. Is the Jesus one? Really old, where they show Jesus actually like, and he's doing like oh, yeah. his fingers I got to Harry Potter late did you thing. yeah I, I didn't read it until I was 30 um, oh. I, I was a hater came oh. out when we were in high school and I was just like yeah, it's and then <laughs> finally I think I was just ready to love again and <laughs> I got the books and, and read them and actually it's when I was shopping for engagement rings for my wife I was in the middle of book 7 and oh. so I was like the clock was already ticking. We were going to Paris. I knew I was going to propose. But, man, I hurried through ring shopping and then made my way to a Jimmy John's. 
and read that beautiful book. (laughs) So it's so hard to, when you're reading books like that, it's so hard to not be able to read. Like, it's just, I used to read them at my desk at work. I read them at desk at school. And now that book is actually on my desk at work when we're recording. Propping up the podcast. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) Caleb, what is Bitcoin? Oh man. I mean, I don't even have a good answer for that. Explain, kiddo. Other than it's a digital currency. I get the idea of digital currency. What I don't get is that you can mine for it. Yeah. And it has something to do with math? Explain the blockchain to me, Caleb. So I've read about this and I really don't understand it still. But I do, I will tell you what kind of, how I kind of understand it. My total investment in this is like $300, everybody. There's not a huge, I'm not a big, but it's interesting. Um, People can trust the currency is not being manipulated because it's kind of this digital, there's no central bank monitoring things. There's a public ledger, so everything that is ever bought or sold with Bitcoin is on one public ledger, they call it. And I don't know if that's literally like a Google Doc. I don't know how that works at all. I don't ask me. But basically, to mine Bitcoin, you can verify purchases on the ledger using your CPU's power. So basically, you allow your computer to use its functionality to run equations that verifies what's on the ledger. And that way you, there's an incentive basically for people to check <laughs> and to make sure, cause then I guess if they're, if, and in doing that, if there is an error, if somebody like artificially added Bitcoin to the market to, you know, basically I pretended I had Bitcoin. So say I figured I'm good with computers and I figured out how to pretend I have 75 Bitcoin, mm. that would get flagged. Because somebody would be like, that Bitcoin didn't come from anywhere. Huh. So there's like a Bitcoin bounty? Is that what you're saying? You get re- rewarded for... For verifying, um, using... And, and you're not like actually checking things. It's your computer. And I don't... Again, I don't know how any of this works, but it's your computer running algorithms and running equations that is is what's getting checked or something. So I guess if math doesn't add up, they know there's a problem and it's like coding, I would guess, where you go back and you're like, okay, here's where something went wrong. Right. And then you can kind of keep the overall Bitcoin community honest. Because if, if, okay. if people aren't, it's it's the integrity of the currency because sure. I won't invest in it if, if I don't know that this guy can't just make 100 Bitcoins on his computer mm-hmm. with some program. Well, I got to say, you're part of the problem <laughs> because... You're Uh, I'm wrong? No, no, no. It's just that uh, Bitcoin mining has really driven up the price of video cards because GPUs are good at handling that whatever. And I went to go buy a laptop, um, a very specific one, an Acer Predator. And it had sold out. And I'm pretty sure it sold out just because it had a GTX 1070 in it. And that's what people want for mining? 1070, 1080, something like that. And so I'm mad at you. We're in a fight. I've never mined. I just buy... And sell. You buy bitcoins? I have bought bitcoins. He comes in with like one of those hackers and pieces of paper and he's like, sell, sell, sell. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm in my office with those, the hat and yeah. the little green. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's crashing. 6,000 sell. Uh. No, I bought it when it was like, it had gone up from like $1,600, like $4,000. Like, oh. And everyone was like, it's going to keep going up. And so I was like, okay, like I have some extra money. So I put in a, like, $300 and then I started trading Bitcoin stocks because in the Bitcoin market there are stocks 
but right. only buying trading Bitcoin. So you can gain Bitcoin by trading. Does this, I'm getting faces from my two. I don't understand two, uh, <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't it's either. so weird. But it's no less arbitrary so, than the actual stock market, probably. Yeah, it's even more arbitrary. It's it way is. more volatile because the actual stock market, the actual Bitcoin, Bitcoin market does not have any regulation. So you can actually manipulate the market in the way where if I have a thousand Bitcoins, I can artificially drop the price by selling. Like if there are 800 people trying to buy Bitcoins, I can sell to those 800 people and then the price will go down to whoever the next person is waiting to buy a Bitcoin. Hmm. I'm, I mean, you probably need a cursory understanding of the stock market to understand this and I don't have either one. So it's true. I, but I, it feels, I barely what it feels do like too. I just want to say I feel like what I'm. I don't. I feel like I also don't know anything for the record. If this sounds like I'm trying to be all like not at all. Okay, you're, good. You're the most yes. knowledgeable in okay, this room, but I definitely sure. don't know. I could be like totally wrong on a lot of this. So let's go back to Mormons being wizards. <laughs> that makes more sense. Okay. To me. Well, I do want to say Fuck one thing. Bitcoins. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if we started a cult where you don't talk anything about like wizardry or magic or the force or something, but then you have like the special secret ceremony like temple have Mormons have the temple and in that you're literally like all right dude you've made it you're not allowed to talk to anybody about what happens here you know that you've agreed you've spent 10 years studying this we're fucking wizards like, <laughs> like, like Scientologists maybe yeah, like, there's actually, that level you, know you get to where the, like you get to hear about Xenu or whatever I just reinvented Scientology you you're absolutely you right and, but like Maybe bitcoins are like galleons in the Harry Potter world. That's a good so example. Tying actually. it back together. Nice. You know? So let's say in the galleon market, you can sell potatoes, <laughs> but you only sell potatoes for galleons. And there's 800 people who. <laughs> I'm so lost. I can't. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You live near the Church of Scientology. I do. Have you experienced any weirdness because of that? Uh, well, one time I was watching uh, Going Clear, the, oh, yeah, the yeah. HBO documentary, and. My, my internet, I don't have cable, but just my internet is always, like, really solid. And in the middle of the documentary, everything just died. And me and the friend who were watching it were like, they're, they're watching. Like, you're not allowed to watch this anywhere near the, <laughs> the Scientology. Watching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just weird. I drive by them every morning, and they look just like you and me. And they're, like, in their little Space Navy outfits getting ready to go. Oh, I love that they actually wear those outfits. Yeah, they wear them. They look so like little weird. admirals in the Space Navy. <laughs> that really feels Harry Pottery to me. And it's almost so too, weird. I get why people get caught up in it. I don't, but you're a Mormon, so that's understandable. Well, no, it's true though. But there is like, you never wanted to join a club where you wear cool outfits and sure. get to learn secret handshakes. And also, they're and it's like, like what killed the Ku Klux Klan was like the Superman thing, you know? No. Have you ever heard about that? This is totally no. off subject, but it's kind of like the same <laughs> idea, or it's like. Man, and I'm gonna get all in the my head. Wrong. I'm just like, what are we gonna call this episode? <laughs> Lunch hour, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lunch hour um, ramblings. Basically, um, there was either either in a state or even just like it might have just been like a community. But basically, I think it was like a state though. The the Ku Klux Klan membership in the state of some state was decimated because the Superman comic printed. They had Superman fake join the. Ku Klux Klan in the comic oh, as like a spy kind of or something undercover was the idea but mm-hmm. they but through that they showed all the real Ku Klux Klan ceremonies and all their all their chants and all their and they showed the real stuff and it was so embarrassing and looked so stupid in the comic that it destroyed the membership in wow. that. it was either a state a community or like the US like that was like what spurred the fall of the Ku Klux Klan to where they are what they are now where it's kind of this like 
You know, it's Ridiculous like a, in eighties movies, it's a joke of the guy who still kind of crosses awesome. on lawns. The pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> That's our title. <laughs> the, pe- the pen is mightier. Yeah. Um, an alrapist. An alrapist. That's what it is. He says it better than I do. Isn't that that's, that's Tobias? From yes. yeah. He's an analyst and a therapist. A new start. <laughs> so okay. what do you guys want to talk about? I don't know. What, um, do you, what do you, are you are you playing Battlefront? I think I've seen you playing Battlefront. Not boop, often. Boop, I got boop. kind of burnt out. Um, it's the same thing. There's limited maps. The online's gotten everyone's gotten so good for me. I can't really do anything. But you can now purchase currency from in-game. They brought it back. Oh. That's not a, that good a good thing. That's a bad thing. I was, okay, that's I was like, that sounds away, terrible. Yeah, to, they faux took away, but then basically just brought it back. Bad PR. I mean, EA was projecting like I think uh, nine to fourteen billion, no, one point five billion dollars in sales off of microtransactions on the back end. What they get? Uh, well, it's in progress clearly, uh, but EA stock took a hit because Battlefront two underperformed. So yeah, I've avoided that game. I I the have the first one. The story looks fun. The story's re- I've been really watching like someone play is the story. Is it is it I, fun? Janina turns good. Is that what happens? I bet she turns good. I like the campaign. Who turns good? The Janina. Is she the main? Yeah, so it's the actor's have name. Have you not played it at all? I've watched it being played. Pew pew. I think she. Turns and then I walked in really and fast. he was shooting. Like she was shooting that was like stormtroopers. So I was like, oh, she clearly turned to the. Yeah, I was gonna say road. that was like not. It happens really early, it's too. It's really hard to play. Um, apparently, there's only one Star Wars game ever where you play as an actual TIE fighter pilot. It's, well, I think it's called, called TIE, TIE fighter. fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's on Steam. It's, yeah. It's really good. And that's the only one where you play as the dark side all the way through. Um, they just can't do it. They can't They can't let you do it. Han Solo trailer? I didn't watch Not it. I didn't watch it either. We'll watch it after this. I saw the teaser during the Super Bowl, but I also was holding a baby. <laughs> the teaser. Yeah. I mean, they did the longer one. The teaser has a lot of stuff that the trailer didn't have, actually, which was kind of fun. But I've heard bad things um, about this movie. They have successfully killed my interest in Star Wars. Whoa. I'm so not. That one and the new Game of Thrones written And Ryan trilogy. Johnson has another trilogy. Why? Um, what, what killed it for you? It's what? just overboard. It's so it's just, just the, I'm overwhelmed with Star Wars. If you had told me when I was like eight that I would be sick of Star Wars movies and Marvel movies when I was a grown-up, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't say that when I was eight, but <laughs> I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah. I don't disagree. There's too many. There is well, oversaturated. They'll hit an inflection point. Okay, but let's let's I'll draw a comparison. Marvel movies we've had at least one a year for over a decade now, and the marketing has probably been not as heavy, but they're still like very pop culture saturated marketing, you know? Mm. I've seen two of those movies. Ever? Of any of the yeah. Marvel new wave? Whatever, I saw the Marvel, first Avenger it. and I saw Iron Man just recently. The first Iron Man? Yeah. First Iron Man is not You should okay. see Cap yeah. 2 Cap two? and Ant-Man. My tops are Iron Man 1, <laughs> Cap 2, Ant-Man, and... You like um, the Guardians? And Guardians. Those are my top. Oh, I, I watched and Guardians. Never mind. If I had yeah. to put one in five, maybe it would be like... Oh, you didn't like the first Avengers Guardians. one? I, I didn't, no. I mean, even like it was fine. The second one or the first one? Uh, the first one. I okay. watched the second one. The first one was one of those things where if you saw it in the first month, you probably liked it. And if you saw it after that, like the hype was so ridiculous, you probably... I liked the music a lot. Um, oh, yeah, the music was good. Somewhat related. The Magnificent Seven. I actually liked it. Chris <laughs> Pratt was playing against hype, and that's what I liked about it. He was a fucking asshole in that movie. That's... Really? And he's good at it, which leads me to believe he might be an asshole in real life. I think he is. I, th- I think he's a reformed asshole. I bet he was a real douchebag in high school, and then he realized he was a douchebag and tried to be nice, but he still has those instincts. I don't know why you guys are talking shit on my main bitch. I get real pissed. <laughs> well, uh, 
<clears throat> he could get it so hard. He's so <laughs> fine. Even Fat Andy, like so hot. So hot. I love Andy. Andy's still his best role. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. He had everything, man. Just a light shining from him in mm-hmm. that role. That you're just like, whoa. Totally. That guy's hilarious. Yeah. Like that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really a shame. Chris Pratt got Star Star Lord because he probably would have been the true heir to like Indiana or not Indiana Jones Han Solo and Indiana Jones. He would have been a great Indiana Jones. He was probably the real heir to Harrison Ford's career of the like kind Mm -hmm. of scrappy cool guy who's not quite cutting it but so charming. Mm -hmm. You're you're you believe in him? Is he too funny? Harrison Ford doesn't strike me as intentionally a funny. He would have to play. I mean, he'd have to actually act. Which I mean, the director would have to keep that. But there would just that like little because Han Solo is all about those like moments of like charm where he just cuts through whatever you know. You you think the Falcon's gonna crash and then he's like, it's fine, and you believe him. You know. Yeah, Star Lord is Han Solo. Really, I mean, it's the same idea. They're sort of like for nerd nerd boys like me. Scrappy hero. And we talked about this on the last podcast, the one that's lost to time in history. (laughs) But anyway, so what I said in that podcast was I don't really care for Hansel. I never have. But there seems to be an entire fucking like cult of personality built around him that guys my age just, it's Hansel, it's Hansel, fuck you. Indiana. I got the posters on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Indiana's great. Indiana. I'm actually a Last Crusade person, but a lot of people get are like, what? It's obviously Raiders is the best. I like them all, except for the Crystal Skull, which you say <laughs> is underrated. I I think it is overhated. That's just because you agree. love Shia underrated. LaBeouf. I do like Shia LaBeouf. I think he's a great actor. I'm also sick of his, you know, his, his personal life. I don't know. I'm not trying to defend that. But as an actor, he's a great actor. He's very good in Fury. You know, even Stevens, he's amazing on even Stevens. <laughs> if you watch, if you go back and watch that, it's incredible what he's doing. Because he's like 10 years old and he's like, it's very like mm. aware of things. Um, I told you my friend's married to Ren Stevens. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I think standards for sequels were much higher when Indiana Jones 4 came out. And if it came out today, it would be celebrated as a, another piece of a, it would be a modern piece of the Indiana Jones puzzle, the way The Force Awakens was. I don't think it did it. It's not as good as The Force Awakens. It's not as good. No, it is not as good as The Force Awakens. I agree, though. I think you're right. The Shia LaBeouf scene where he's um, with the monkeys swinging through the trees is absolutely ridiculous, but beyond that, there's not much in that movie that's not Indiana Jonesy. It's not as tight as an Indiana Jones movie. It's not as well written. It's not as, like, charming, charming, but it's fine. But it's not terrible. You're Aliens. (laughs) But here's Uh, the thing. Spirits that suck the life out of people. Yeah, like, I, I kind of think like, people hate hey, the beating con- hearts. Like, hey, people hate the hate the concept <laughs> of it too much. I'm like, why can't it be aliens? I think that's yes, really. It was a totally. What happens in Last Crusade? There's another weird science sci-fiction. It's like God. Hey. It's like all religion. Hebrew, Christian, everyone, Indian. Everyone has like some weird manifestation Hindu. of an old theory that manifests to be kind of real that we get to see. And I don't remember what Last Crusade is. It's the Grail. I would have done. Okay, thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's Wait. the Grail. It's the old man who lives and forever. And then Lost Ark. Yeah. Yes, I would have yes. preferred, though, since they're in South America, for them to go with like Mayan, like totally. a Mayan supernatural thing smarter. or something. But I didn't but, hate it as much as well, everyone else. Okay, did. so conceptually, <laughs> Kingdom of Crystal Skull is excellent because if you like what George Lucas, the way his brain works, is incredible. He just can't execute on it because if you look at, I it, agree. Like I would totally agree. what pulp magazines were into in the '30s when the, those were yep. set mm-hmm. were like were, were Nazis in the occult. Mm-hmm. In the '50s, it was the Soviet threat and aliens, yeah. and and that's what the movie was about because the movie was set there. It's so 
part, and okay. it should be so good, but it's fuck, yeah, man. Yeah, the execution isn't great. Also, can I just ask, why does everyone hate the refrigerator thing so much? She, I agree. I thought that I thought was it's totally fun. fun. It's goofy, yeah, and it's stupid, and it's... It everyone was just, hates on that it, scene. And it was totally like Indiana Jones. To me, it, it was like the... It was another step in Indiana Jones's, like, having to go back to get his hat, where he was like, you're sitting there as an audience, you're like, you're gonna go in the fucking, like... Refrigerator, like that's not gonna work. Like, and then it you bounce it. Scientifically, and it's a, it's a, yes, so but what? But it, but also it's like a, it's another <clears throat> scrappy escape where he like mm-hmm. it's not the prettiest. He wasn't like flying off in a jet like James Bond at the last minute. No, like he jumped in the elevator, like bounced around, and he like crawled out, and then he's caught when he crawls out. Like he's bust. It's like, so Indiana that, Jones. Yeah. And, and what he, else would you do? If you know a bomb's a nuclear bomb's coming, there's nowhere else, I, literally nowhere else. To I would have literally just died. Yeah. <laughs> At least he would have died in a trying. <laughs> I just like well, it's just a nightmare. Um, I just I don't know. But overall, and I thought I thought Shia LaBeouf was a worthy heir, and I'm so bummed he talks shit about Steven Spielberg. I think he would have been a great continuation of that like spirit of like the scrappy, charming kid who's like never quite prepared enough. But knows he can polish off the last ten percent with his like smile and good look and like being a funny mm. cracking a joke. He's got a hutzpah. He's got the hutzpah. Are they gonna continue Indiana? Episode five or when five is coming out? Is it really? Yeah, they're shooting it this year. Is Spielberg shooting it with? Oh God, Harrison Ford and Young He's a hundred. I know. I don't know. I'm, what... I said this after <laughs> Force Awakens. Like, I'm glad he died in Force Awakens because he's done. And he not, was. Like, yeah. I'm not being ageist. Like, no, you can't run anymore. You see him run, and it's clear he's like worried his knees are gonna. He's got to be like 75 like, something. Yeah. Like, if you imagine a 75 year old Lara Croft, he was. They'd be like, hello. My boobs are in the way while I swing across this. No, they would replace her with a 20-year-old. Which they yeah. yeah. And that's and fine. Yeah. Do it to the men, too, though. Like, why does James yeah. Bond and Ooh. Indiana have to be ancient? I thought it was he was too old for, not episode four, I want to say episode now, but the fourth Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. Like, at that point, you're like, woo, they barely got him in time. So yeah. it's like, I can't believe they're doing another one. Was Blade Runner good? Was he, for, gr- was he good in Blade Runner? He, the new he one? was good, but they played, I mean, again, the question, it, it felt like they put him in the movie so they could put his name on the marquee so people would come see the movie. It didn't feel necessary. I felt that with The Force Awakens. I don't think he should have been in the new trilogy at all, or differently. And should back have been. on Star Wars. <laughs> but Every now, fucking and, time. We and, can't. We cannot avoid it. Back on Blade Runner, I didn't feel the same way with Blade Runner. Of course, they're going to have to market Harrison Ford, but that really felt like one where if Dennis Villeneuve got his way, you would not have known Harrison Ford was in that movie. I think it was supposed to be kind of like... Not a twist or a surprise, but just kind of like a... A reveal. A reveal. And like, and the kind of reveal where the story's happening logically and it surprises you because it didn't feel like anything had been forced up until that mm-hmm. point. Where it was like, all right, now I got to go to Las Vegas to meet this strange guy that I need to talk to. It just kind of happened and then you were there and then it was like Harrison but Ford. That's what I'm saying. Like, the problem is that you can't have reveals in movies anymore because the reveal yeah, no, is the thing they're trying to use to get you to the movie. Marketing. Like, yeah, the movie industry is being squeezed so much that they have to, like, they have to overlap everything and, like, coddle the audience along by, like, look at this person you recognize. Come over here. See this face? They're in it, too. Like, so, it's her own damn fault. I'm sorry. I'm going to break in. Go back to Star Wars. I've seen one... You brought it back to Star Wars, not me. I know. I saw one movie in 2017, and that was The Last Jedi. So I hadn't been to the movies in a long time, admittedly. 
it cost me $38 oh, by myself to see a movie. Now, granted, I got a really sweet poster, but even <laughs> so, like $38. Yeah. Well, oh, thank you. I got a really sweet poster. But $38 for a single person at a matinee on a fucking Thursday. That's unreal. Was that, what were you paying? Like premiums or you got a soda and popcorn too? Oh, I got soda and popcorn. Come See, on. That should be, that should be Dear built. fatty. You shouldn't have to break the bank to get popcorn and a soda at a movie. That used to be like part of the, you know. But that's always how they've made their money. Growing up, I remember just being like, okay, 15, 20 bucks, I can get everything I needed at a movie. And that felt kind of okay. And now it's like, yeah. And if you have two people, you're talking like 60, 70 bucks to go get like just popcorn and a drink and go see a movie. Mm-hmm. Flash That's forward crazy. five or six years on my timeline and I'm taking like seven or eight kids to go see a movie. Oh my God. <laughs> James, please God, no. I know. <laughs> you gotta get that movie pass. I, I go to movies for free now. I, you've got movie pass? Yeah. Do you have movie pass? Yeah. I did. I well, let's talk it. movie pass. It's so good. If you, well, you don't, but if you see a movie once a month, it's it pays for itself. Because it's $9.99. It's $9.99. And you can see a movie every single day for free. And I've never had a problem. The only, the big issue for me is that it's not at Arclight. And that's my favorite place to see movies. But I've now opened up my horizons to theaters I don't normally go to. Uh, and it's great. It's just a free movie. You just walk up and give them your card and that's it. Theaters super... hate us. Find out why. Well, they don't, though, because they get the full they price full of the money. ticket. Yeah. I've never... Uh, that's the stupidest. The business model sounds terrifying to me. I don't know how they're going to stay open, but until they go under, I'm Do you think they're, advantage. like, trying to do the gym <clears throat> membership thing where you just pay $35 a month and don't think about it and don't go to any movies? Yeah. They're counting on you not going. But they're... And so far with me, it's worked. I've only seen, like, five movies. How many months? I've had it for three months. But you're still... You've already... The yeah. cost of your movie tickets are still yeah. From so I did Movie Pass when it first started and it was thirty five dollars a month. Yeah, and I really liked it, but it, for me it got to the point where I felt compelled to go see movies because there was a value, like a weird value thing about it. Where if I didn't, I was for thirty five. Yeah, you're losing yeah. money. So it kind of like hurt my overall enjoyment of movies. So I'm not going to do it again, mm-hmm. even though I feel like I should. But I'm afraid of falling into that trap. From what I understand now, the ten dollar thing when they announced that, what they for money stuff they announced they were going to sell information so it's just like Facebook why Facebook is still free it's because they're selling all the things so they're going to take your movie watching habits and your demographic Mm -hmm. overall demographics and then make that into a little package and sell it off to movie marketers totally fine with that make better movies that i will enjoy yeah i don't (laughs) i don't i don't disagree but i'm i have been more weird about signing up for things that get to know everything about me if I agree to use their service. Oh, yeah, I've been trying you're turning to into a of, weird hermit person. Yeah, a little bit. Let's unpack that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, you call it a weird her- hermit person. You know, to me, it feels like I just think about my computer less. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I, I should make this clear every time I talk about this. I don't think my brain is built for social media. I think it is a super toxic thing for the way my brain works. It just, for me, it doesn't, it, it only makes me feel worse. And the more I've tried to be aware, mindful of how I feel when I'm on like almost any social device, not device, but social site, never ever do I feel better after I've been on one. Never ever do I feel the same even. I always feel a little bit worse. And I always leave with this little bit of anxiety, even though I'm like logically telling myself like it's not real. That everybody around me is doing fun, interesting, successful sure. things. And I'm sitting at my job working as, you know, just sitting here 
working the hourly thing, wasting my life. And I, if I was smarter and if I was better at things and if I was cooler and if I was more charming and if I had tried harder, I could also be in Hawaii, you know, taking a break from my right. cushy freelance, you know, whatever. And, yeah. it, and it's not real. It's all fake. And, you know, you see those sure. top 10 posts every day of your 1,500 friends. And, you know, the other 1,490 <laughs> are probably also just working a boring job, like getting yeah. lunch with their friends. And that's that's right. You're not alone. It's not good for me. Zuckerberg and Facebook just came back and said that one of their goals for 2018 is to get people to use Facebook less or for less amount of time, mm-hmm. less autoplay videos, <clears throat> memes, and GIFs or GIFs, and more like posts by actual your actual friends. So Yeah, I've heard that too. They're going to take out a lot of the institutional posts too, like companies and nonprofits, sadly, which is going to hurt my business. Or broadcast like, television networks mm-hmm. whose entire audience is on Facebook. Now. I mean, the thing is, it's all a trash dump at this point. Like, It's true. It's <clears throat> feeling like MySpace. For the last, like, three years, it's felt like MySpace at the end of MySpace to me, where I was like, where I'd go on and just be like, why am I on this? <laughs> and it still took me, like, three years to stop do- actually doing it. Yeah. But, like, very, there was, like, it, before I actually stopped, there was, like, this long period of, like, but every, like, I don't know, if, you know, and then I eventually... I feel like the whole of MySpace's lifetime was three years. <laughs> How long were you on MySpace after everyone else I actually, left? I, you were probably the there, one right? person still on MySpace, like, this sucks. Like, Nobody's yeah, ever Nobody ever posts here. anymore. This place is dead. All I'm call, that's it. I'm going to be the one who calls it. It's dead. <laughs> to the empty room. Yeah, just <laughs> like 2017. All I remember about MySpace was you could post a song, which Emo Me loved, and... Oh, my God. When you went stars. on your, their page. And you, you get to pick your top five songs. Top, and you got to top have eight a top friends. eight friend. And so, like, Let's oh, look shit. back at MySpace. Did that, that's the top that's eight, toxic right wait, there. Wait, yes, yes. So fucked up. Did top eight friends feel weird when you were doing it? No, it felt no, like I meaningful and fun. I never thought about it. Yeah. Looking back at it now, that is fucking Black Mirror bullshit. It's horrible. That is crazy. And that's there's going to be stuff like that with Facebook. I remember we back and we're like, moving Whoa. people from my top oh, eight. Like, yeah. For sure. There were. I remember having conversations with friends in middle school and high school about how they were hurt because they were taken off of somebody's top eight friends and oh. they didn't know why. And then the other person would be like, oh, I was just mix it up. They're like, it was the most crazy thing. And it really, like, that was like a real thing in, yeah. in middle school, early high school. Maybe it was dead by early high school. But I remember that being like, and I'd be worried about it. I remember feeling bad about not being on more people's top eight. Because I'm like, man, that person's on everybody's top eight. And I'm on like three people's, you know. <laughs> and that's absurd. It's so, and I, like, I, to me, it be, I became aware that the same thing was happening with Facebook. Where I'm just mm-hmm. like feeling bad for these things that in 10 years I'm going to look back on and be like, I felt bad because he posted that stupid picture of himself in Hawaii, which is all pixelated now. Yeah. And like, it's not even holographic. Like, what is this bullshit? Like, that's I not can't even, even cool. walk around in his picture. Yeah. What the hell? That's like a baby's toy. Yeah, and I went back, was looking at posts I had done like eight, ten years ago. Oh, oh God. It's God. bleak. It is so emo. Yeah. It's and always like, I was it's talking. It's super crass. I love to say fuck yeah. on Facebook. And now it's just like, I have a son. <laughs> Fudge. I was sub sub it's posting fun. sub. I don't know what you call it on Facebook, but like, you know, posting these like or what did they used to call it? There was a word for vague vague booking. I would vague oh, yeah, book totally. about my my boss who I hated at the time because she was such a mega bitch, <laughs> and like every post was about her, and I just had no shame. It was so. Oh, so, awful. so I don't know what vague posting is. Does that mean you post about somebody but you don't say who? But you don't say, say what it is. You just say like. 
It was back when it was Megan is. <gasps> yeah. Megan is done with this. And yeah. I'm like, exactly. a sad face uh, emoji or something. So, can I ask, when you did that, were you hoping people would ask you yes. what they're done with? That was I like that literally the point, right? Probably. Probably. That's what I think. Whenever was, I see no, that, I'm like, you just want me in to that ask particular, I'm not going to. In that particular instance, it was, I need to vent this somewhere. And just venting it, like, to a friend one-on-one isn't enough. I need to, like, say it. And I think we, her and I were friends on Facebook. So, mm-hmm. like, I kind of wanted her to see it, too, and somehow infer yeah. the yeah. meaning. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So weird. It's like when you were in high school and you told, like, the pretty girl or pretty boy, like, I don't have any friends, so they take pity on you and, like, want to date you or something. I don't know. That's how my brain works. Because that, that will definitely, making someone pity you, yeah, definitely. I totally like, don't like too. confidence. No, they hate it. Yeah. So, oh, my God. I, I was looking at stuff and, like, I mean, at what time was it appropriate for me to say that I would like to ha- have have intercourse with Lady Gaga <laughs> in a very explicit manner? It doesn't make it less true, but who needed to when know that? did you put Probably like 2009. Oh my hey, god! Oh man, poker face. Like she was. <laughs> oh my god. She was really hard to see though. Did you ever feel like that? Like yeah, you never really never make out her face. Like. Yeah. But that's part that of the allure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, Lady Gaga, five foot two. That's a really good documentary. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah. You see her some. You see all of Lady Gaga in that. So I was gonna say. You did you check it out? I watched it with my wife. We weren't watching it for that I'm reason. I'm surprised. Sure you weren't. I rewatched it. For that <laughs> did you? At three in the morning, feeding the baby like. Give me those titties. Was, was 2009 James still like, yep? Well, actually, it was sort of like, now I'm kind of like, okay, come on. like The documentary what? is complete bullshit, I'm just Okay, saying. there you go, right? I felt like you, this is persona inventing, and I didn't really like get into it. It's like you're it's very so talented. Get over yourself. Yes. Yeah. The whole album, Joanne, like really touched me. And I remember thinking when I was first listening to it, like, God, this must have been like her closest family member. She must have been devastated when she died, all this stuff. Turns out, never met the woman because she was she died years before Gaga was yeah, born. Yeah, exactly. And there's a scene where she's with her grandma crying about it. Like, oh, God. The grandma's literally like, honey, it, it's okay. Like, you can tell the We're grandma. all fine. You, I don't know why you're so upset about this. And yeah, she's exactly. Like, I need to make an album. Of, it was so... I felt like she it, was co-opting sorrow when she didn't yes, actually have any. Yes, exactly. And it really bothered me, actually. It was, at, it was performance, and it was really weird. I actually love it in a different way. I love it because it's so performative and right. so and that's why I've always loved Gaga is like she's not real she's a performance and I love you it you think even the documentary was a oh absolutely the documentary is fake yeah so well, I mean f- manufactured like mm-hmm. quote Brad Pitt is not Brad Pitt do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like the persona that he projects out yeah, yeah, yeah. that carefully curated image is yes. not well and especially in the age of like public personas being like part of everybody's brand sure like in a way like never before we haven't talked about Harvey yet really. have we I don't think Harvey? so. Harvey? Harvey Weinstein. Really fast. I felt the same way about the Jim Carrey documentary. I really liked oh, it, yeah. but because I, but because really I was good. like, this guy is so full of shit. It's amazing. Really? The tone I of the documentary the first was, 20 minutes and could not get it's into it. horrible if, if you... I liked it. If you... Because it was really well made, but definitely the tone of the filmmakers is that it's he, kind of like, ooh, they, 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 there's a little bit of revenance with how the movie's made. But if you watch it as a study of the film and the filmmakers mm-hmm. weirdly giving Jim Carrey a comedian in bad 90s movies reverence, for some reason he deserves reverence now because he was in a bunch of movies that other people wrote and other people directed and other people made up his face. And, he, you know, I get he's a unique comedian, but what has he done? Yeah, anyway, <laughs> I don't get why all of a sudden these 
actors are like saviors of humanity. Why is Morgan Freeman? Morgan Freeman hasn't done shit, man. He's repeated other people's like lines. Um, Say what to know. <laughs> uh, but that gets yeah, made some uh, real bad uh, movies in the it's last like, ten years. Yeah, it's like quite you know. But anyway, <laughs> it's really interesting. It, if it's it's kind of part of the Donald Trump problem. Like it's the same thing. The um, god worship of people just because they're well, and if if somebody per- it's, it's like what happened with um, Ron Swanson. Nick Wait. Offerman is not Ron Swanson, everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, everyone's like, ooh, Ron Swanson, or uh, Nick Offerman just tweeted from Ron's, like, Ron Swanson's response. He didn't write Ron Swanson. He didn't make up Ron Swanson. Mm-hmm. That's not his character. He, like, I don't know. It bothers me. That's, Donald Trump played a businessman in a TV show for 10 years, and then he, be- people believed he was a businessman. There's actually an interview that came out yesterday where, the people who created The Apprentice Sorry. said that exact same thing. That's I thought uh, we all knew reality TV was literally manufactured. Hey, and then now it's like... <laughs> I love New York. <laughs> <laughs> I love New York. I do, man. What is it, 2004? Hey. <laughs> That's your reality TV <laughs> reference? It is. Literally, Flavor Flames is like the first thing that pops into my head. I don't know what reality is anymore. Like, reality... I guess all I the old shows... I don't reality anymore, man. <laughs> I have had a fever for three days. Uh, this whole podcast feels a like a dream. fever dream for sure. Like, I think I dreamed all this. This has been a weird one. It's I kind of like one. it, actually. Me too. I, I like really it, too. Enjoyed it. I, like, Please, I do want to talk about... Forgive us, ask me navel gaze. <laughs> We're so good. This uh, is fun. <laughs> you guys are definitely having fun. I, <laughs> You're so I'm sure lucky. the listeners are going to love this <laughs> rambling nonsense. But the the Me Too thing is funny. Caleb and I had, like, a long oh, conversation Which I have been definitely it. been like, oh, boy, I don't know if I should. Yeah. I feel like all the men in my life want to talk to me about it specifically because I'm they know I'm not scary. But, like, so I've had a ton of conversations with the, the men I know. And it's really been, it's been illuminating. And I almost want to talk about what you just said because what you just said is very interesting and it's interesting because you didn't really think about it but you just saying that all your men male friends want to talk to you because you're not scary isn't that kind of interesting that that was your i mean like, that's, your that's view obviously it? a flip way of saying it but like, it's flipping I'm, it's also... I'm not i'm approachable about things like this but almost that could be something interesting in that conversation mm. people can't talk about it to most people so there is this because mm-hmm. when i talk to you i'm I almost am scared that you brought it up because that conversation, I said things that I do not want anybody to know no. I said because yeah, no. I don't feel like I can say well, them. were they, Caleb? But that's the thing. I think the movement, is, and not to get too serious about it, but the movement itself is those conversations but those, and, happening and, over a long period of time, little by little. Like and it was all from shit. an honest place. That's yeah. why, and that's why it's all so scary because I was like, I really had questions that I didn't feel totally. comfortable asking generally and that's what i've been trying to tell a lot of my female friends is like the ones who are particularly apt to like jump down people's throats which i get like i have that instinct sometimes too but like it's never going to get anywhere if we do that because it has um, to be a conversation the dudes i know are all really scared and i'm on the one hand i'm like welcome to life as a lady i'm scared all the time too but on the other hand i'm like we're not going to get anywhere if we're just scared to talk about anything and that's so, like not the goal of feminism that's what they always say no. it's not to to flip it it's just no to... some women do that and i i don't like it i try to tell them not to because yeah. i just as much as i want men to tell other men not to be rapey assholes <laughs> i i, I think it's agree. my responsibility to tell women to listen to men sometimes and like hear them out and try to not intimidate the shit out of them with this stuff and I don't know. And you it's know, a process. Saying what you think isn't always trying to say 
what I think should be, but it, it's just kind of like, this is what I see and I want to understand more. You know, I don't this know. This is how I see it now. And like, I want I'm open to... Part of a conversation is being like, you know, should be... The, the guy should also be open to hearing you, why you think he's wrong. Yes. That's, that's the, I guess, the other half that I want to make very clear. I also yeah. think the guy should be able to sit and like hear things that they don't want to hear. Totally. And if they want... Yeah. Yeah, like there's, there's one part of our conversation, I don't think it's sharing anything private, was like the idea of like, what do I do now when I'm trying to like hit up a girl and like how scary that is and we're I have no problem with I have no problem with <laughs> well, I was, I'm totally confident in that way I was asking of, for a friend our conversation <laughs> kind of circled around to the idea that like men are gonna have to change up how they approach yeah. women and I agree with that and like women are gonna have to change up their expectations of men being <clears throat> um dominant because we're all socialized in this culture men want to be dominant women want to experience dominance that's it's something that turns a lot of women on not all women of course but like the idea that men this paradox that men have to be both understanding and not rapey and all that but then also be super confident and dominant it doesn't quite match up so there is going to have to be responsibility on both parties i think to like yeah adjust and i think over time that will just organically happen and it starts here on the jabber talkies podcast (laughs) We're pushing forward, everybody. Right. We are running out of time. Okay. Oh but God, before sorry. we go, before we go, uh, I want to revive something. Recommendations. Just like one thing in cool. the last couple of weeks that you guys have been enjoying that you would say, hey, check it out. Or are you strongly recommended? Or avoid this like the plague. Can I have so many? Sure. I have so many. Yeah, sure. Some, some okay, so first is I've been watching a ton of Monster Squad, which is the Polygon. Yeah, it's the so Polygon good. video series has been on forever. Justin and Griffin. It is just something I've been watching a lot of, and it's so fucking funny, just like everything <laughs> else they do. But that one is like, oh my god, I cry laughing. And the concept is fucking oh, hilarious. That yeah. show is so good. I was just watching Soul Calibur. So what is it called? <laughs> the Monster Squad. Monster Squad. Yeah, it's on Polygon's. Uh, yeah. YouTube. And then I've been listening obsessively to SZA's album Control, and I love it so much. I'm I think I saw an impromptu here. performance of yours on Snapchat. Is that right? Really? <laughs> Didn't you post yourself singing that? The other I night? did. I was drunk as fuck. And I, came <laughs> drunk. I hadn't drunk all of January, and then I, got, I had three vodkas on Saturday night, and I came home and was just playing SZA, like, dancing. It was funny. Um, and then the third thing is that I am reading two books right now. The Name of the Wind, which is amazing. I'm almost all the way done and it's so good. And they, and then the other book I'm reading is Hunger by Roxane Gay, which is changing my entire life. So, Ugh. What's it about? It's about her. It's a memoir of her body. Uh-huh. She's a woman who's Haitian, who grew up in New York and who was like, had a horrible, horrible trauma happen to her when she was 12, which like kind of explains what happened to her body after that. And it's just, you know, as a woman, I've been like overweight my whole life so it's like hearing my own thoughts sometimes it's oh, really really interesting good. i love it what you got um phantom thread is out in theaters right now <sighs> it's, it's um good. it was like maybe like the coolest movie experience i've had in like my adult life and like a theater movie going experience it was just super i was just engrossed it was like near perfect movie experience I'd recommend everybody see it while it's in theaters it's exquisite beautiful soundtracks yes. and the best it's Johnny the Greenwood best. right Johnny Greenwood yep. from Radiohead and has done Paul Thomas Anderson's a bunch of his other soundtracks um, it's really it's really good and I think I yeah Dan Day Lewis possibly the greatest like modern actor ever it's his last movie and a really good performance it's really good uh, I also watched The Master after I watched that again and The Master is like another it's like she's 
one of the best movies I've ever seen. So I just recommend try to see that in theaters, and if you can't watch The Master again, if you I think for Paul shot. Thomas Anderson movies, it's Boogie Nights and then Phantom Thread for me. Really, it's one and two. That's how good. I, that's how much I like Phantom Thread. Interesting. Awesome. I've been watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh. Good? It's it's pretty good. Okay. Like I don't think it's perfect, but I'm definitely invested in the character. The side characters are exquisite. It's an Amazon series. The the lead, uh, Rachel Brosnahan, uh, won the Golden Globe for best female this actor. Year? Yes, huh. for television movie or miniseries, whatever. Um, the supporting cast is exceptional. Monk is in it, and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other people that you'd recognize, but I can't think of their names off the top of my head. It takes place in New York. It's about. Um, it's about a lot of things. It's it's a good, it's a nice, fun watch. It's by the people who made the Gilmore Girls. Cool. So it has oh. that sort of like rapid fire, very theatrical kind of feel to it. Interesting. It's about a woman who does starts doing stand up after her husband leaves her. That's exactly okay. it. Yeah. And I really want to watch that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm five episodes in, and my wife and I seem to be enjoying it. Cool. So, what's Can I say? One last thing. Yeah, of course. Fast. James also sent me an article about neoliberal perfectionism that was really cool and like. I think it's kind of hit on some stuff we have talked a lot about in this podcast. Totally. Even like the social media thing, I think it kind of Ooh. is like in the same. Is it on salon.com? Is that what it is? I can't remember. You sent me a link. But if you search it, neoliberal yeah. perfectionism, I think it'll come up. Under neoliberalism, you can be your own tyrannical boss is the title, I think. Yeah. And that was really cool and very in- insightful and relevant to a lot of conversations and so, things yeah. that have been going on. Well, all right. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Megan. Caleb, I just blanked on your name. <laughs> I thank you for being here. And as always, Henry, in the future, if you're listening, I love you very much. Oh. We love all of you as well. Me too.